We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness in our lives, Lord. We pray you would continue to be here in this place, Lord God. I pray that you would open our ears and hear your message this morning. I pray, Father God, that you would continue to do your work in us as we move forward, Lord God. Thank you for being here in this place with us. Lord, we pray that all of this, all that we're doing today, would bring you glory. We bring glory to your name this morning. Lord, you are worthy of our praise today. Thank you, Lord God. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn, turn around and say behind Because I know that it's not going to honor God to keep it there empty. 
And we were trying to find ways and think about ways that we could possibly use that space. But we knew that we had to be good stewards of what God had given us, good managers over that. And over the past five years, we've worked hard uh, toward that goal with cleaning out rooms. And you know, we've been slowly getting away, uh, getting rid of stuff that's been up there for years. And we've been preparing for whatever God opened up. And I just kept saying to our leadership, I kept saying to our church, I don't know what we're going to use it for, but let's take some steps away and just begin cleaning it out. And once we get it cleaned out, we'll see what God does. We have no idea who would be in, in that space nor who would be involved. But we kept praying for it. We kept believing for it. And this past year, we've seen that very entry in a great and amazing way that we've never seen If you think Pastor Paul and I are smart enough to put all this together, you know that we're not. Amen. Right? Amen from our side. Right? <laughs> Only God could put all the pieces together that needed to happen for this. And we know that he was in it the entire time. Amen. We had no idea. See, Freedom Church was looking, of course, many of you know this story, but they were looking for a place to rent or purchase, and they were having a hard time finding a place that fit their needs. And everywhere they looked, what did they kept running into, they kept running into a wall, right? Different directions we tried, and long story short, and I won't get into every detail, but they needed space. Guess what? We had space. <laughs> so I began meeting with Pastor Paul, and he began to get to hear his heart, and he began to hear my heart. And one of the big things in my heart is that I truly believe in the kingdom of God. I truly believe that what we do should be for Christ and his kingdom. That we shouldn't be building our own kingdoms uh, to to bring glory to him. We should be working on a kingdom together as united. And I do believe that with all of my heart. And so for us to be able to begin having conversations about freedom meeting here wasn't a big jump for me. Because I believe in the kingdom of God. And I believe in working together where we can. And as Freedom Church began meeting in this church, in this building, one of the things I said to, to the Heritage people is that I don't want them to be just the church upstairs that meets. We will find ways to work together, ways that we can uh, come together, and ways that we can glorify God together here in this place. And I also want to thank publicly uh, Freedom Church for being a blessing to us yeah. and uh, blessing us with the pig. We're about to eat later. So we'll have to pay <laughs> blessing to that. But it's been a great relationship with Pastor Paul. I truly appreciate this man of God that he's placed and he's put a calling on his heart. And I appreciate working with him. I, I do see his heart for the kingdom as well. And uh, I think that's what makes it so easy to work together. Uh, it hasn't been without bumps, of course. We, we didn't expect some of those. But we are truly believing that God is doing a work in ways of that. I want to share also a little bit with you with our original vision here at Heritage Christian Church when this building was built. The original name was the Heritage Christian Life Center. And... The, the vision for this building was that it would be used for kingdom purposes, that there would be, this would be a place that people could do life and then go back out and continue to reach people in the community. And I believe that we're seeing this vision come true in our time, because I know that ministry is flowing out of this place, both from heritage and for freedom. 
and we're seeing God do great things. And this is a kingdom work that only God could possibly put together. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about walls. Walls. Now, walls are used for three things. One, it's used to protect us from the enemy. The second thing walls are used for is they're used to divide. The third thing walls are used for is to keep people out. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is protection from enemies. Now, there is a positive use of walls. We might remember in Scripture the walls that Nehemiah built around Jerusalem so they can protect themselves from the enemies that may attack them. And we may put spiritual walls around our heart and mind to keep the enemy, to keep Satan from whispering in our ears and believing lies. So those are good walls. We want to protect our heart and our minds from the lies of the enemy. We may use walls to protect ourselves from being abused again, or protect ourselves from unhealthy relationships, or to keep ourselves from places of temptation. You see, walls do have good uses. Some walls are necessary for our protection. And then there's the walls of the enemy. We think of the walls of Jericho. Think of Joshua. You may know the song. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Some of you know that song, right? That's an old song. So the chosen people of Israel marched around the enemy's walls, and they shouted when God instructed them. And those walls came tumbling down. They came down when they shouted. And these walls were meant to protect the enemy. And these walls represent a barrier to the promise of God for you and I. The land was already promised to Israel. They had to obey in order to receive this promise, in order to get the victory that we've been singing about this morning. The barrier to the promise of God. What promises do you have that God has given you in your heart? What promises have you read in His Word that you know were for you, but yet you're allowing the enemy? To build that wall around that promise and to keep you from all that God has for you. Mm. You see, Satan wants our lives surrounded by his walls in order to keep a barrier between us and God and our relationship there. To keep us, keep us from the promise that he has for you and for me. God's promise is that he has good plans for you. Plans not to harm, but to prosper. Amen. And let me tell you something. Satan will battle you Every step of the way. How many can say a big amen to that? You see, he will build his walls around your life. He will build his walls around your heart. He will build his walls around your family, your finances, your addictions. He wants you all to himself. But we declare this morning that he can't have you. Amen. See, God has promised you victory if you obey. We shout and we allow those walls to come down, and the enemy whimpers in defeat. Picture that for a moment. Cowering, whimpering in defeat when Christ's church begins to rise up and see him using them. Let him whimper while we take the land of promise. There you go. And then there's walls of division. You know, walls can be used to divide, to bring division in. We saw this after World War II with the division of East and West Germany in the form of the Berlin Wall. This construction was started in 1961 and it divided the people of Germany. It was a physical barrier to keep people apart from the 
east side that was ruled by the communists and the east side, or sorry, beyond the east side and the west side and the democratic side. This wall became a barrier. And I can say, and many of you know, because you've experienced this, that as a nation, we may not have physical walls, but we are a divided nation, often along party lines. This may be true in our nation right now, but it should never be true for the kingdom of God. Amen. See, from the very beginning, Satan unsuccessfully tried to divide the church, destroy the church, unsuccessfully tried to take it off its mission. And we see this in Apostle Paul's letters to the early, early church, where he had to continually encourage them toward unity and to be in unity. See, pride often divides the church, and we have seen this play out time and time again. And this is often when the church goes into protection mode, when it tries to protect what it sees as theirs and works to keep everyone else out. Mm. Our stuff, our people, our building. This does not represent kingdom values. That's right. John chapter 17, verse 21. This is Jesus praying for us, his followers, today. He says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me. Why should the church be united? Why should they work together? Why should they build one kingdom? So that the world may see that Jesus Christ was sent to save their sin and to change their lives. (laughs) By working together where we can, we want the walls of the enemy to come crashing down. Visualize that for a moment. Those walls, I believe this morning, came crashing down. We worship together. We this week, talking to the worship team this week, and maybe some of you experienced it as well. You felt something that just kept weighing on you this week because Satan was trying to keep you from this day. Satan was trying to keep you from these walls falling down. He was trying to keep you from being a part of what God is doing. Listen this morning what Isaiah says about walls. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 6. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing along, or sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of what? God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who, what? I like this. I'm going to keep doing that. All those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is our eternal rock. Yes. Verse 5. Humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to dust, and the poor and oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. Where do walls fit in the kingdom of God? Well, first of all, we are surrounded by walls of salvation. We are protected by Him. 
You're protected in salvation. We're protected in a good way. But now we take those gates and we open it up to those who are righteous. This means that we will work together with those that are working to build God's kingdom, not their own. The third thing is we will trust in the Lord always. Amen. When I started meeting with Pastor Paul, we'd sit across the table and uh, we had a lot more questions and answers. I think we still do, actually, about what's going on here, about freedom coming here. I'm sure there will be more questions to come. But I'm continually saying to Pastor Paul and to God, God, I am open to whatever you want to do. so that the world will believe that Jesus Christ was sent on this earth to us. The fourth thing, he humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. For those who want to lock up the gates and keep it all to themselves. Mine, mine, mine. For those building their own kingdoms. For those ignoring the needy and the oppressed because they're so focused on their own kingdom. Scripture says that they will be brought to dust. But the kingdom of God will last. This morning I want to invite Greg Martin up here. Um, 
you know, Paul laid his foundation here, and then Paul said, I have to go out into the world. And then he met all of us. You know, he met me, and then he met, you know, Anne-Marie, who's going to speak soon. And he's had this impact on people's lives. But it's not Paul, and it's not Pastor John. That's like the key thing to remember. We have a tendency to kind of put them on pedestals and be like, Pastor John is awesome. Pastor Paul is great. It's Christ who does all of that for all of us. It's not one man. One group of people. It's all of us together as a church, whether we're here or we're in sandwich or we're off cape or wherever we are in the world. We're all part of this one body and we all have to come together because living in the world is easy, but it's hard when you're living in Christ. And the only thing that can protect you from the world is Christ. Uh, The one thing that brings me together always is music. And uh, this is kind of how this partnership started back like a year ago when we were still at the other building. Gabby and I came over and played with Pastor John one Sunday. And then a few months later, it was me, Gabby, and Dan. And then a few months later, it was me, Gabby, Dan, Tiffany, Rachel, Beth, all of us. And and now we're all down here. (laughs) Um, So I just want to thank all of you. Last week, and uh, that's all I got. Good morning.
just six months before I left. We had Bible study that morning for the men. I used to run men's Bible study. I always told God, I said, you know, Lord, I'm going to be here no matter what you want to do. I'll be here. If it's one man, if it's 30 men, if it's whatever it is, I'm going to show up. And if nobody shows up, God, then it'll just be you and me. But I'm going to continue to meet with you. Amen. And that was the day. February 7th, my daughter's birthday. Nobody showed up. Just me and God. So I started to pray. And I started to realize that I was leaving. I started to realize the Lord was telling me, you have to go. There's nothing to indicate that I should go. There was nothing to indicate that I had to leave. There was nothing going on, but I had to go. And then as I started to pray, I started to realize that in this room, in this building, every important moment of my life had taken place. <coughs> got married upstairs. How cool is it that I preached four feet away from where I said I'd do to my wife? For those of you who are here from Heritage, you remember the school? I taught gym class in that room for five years for my kids and the kids of Heritage Christian Academy. Breaking windows, putting holes in walls, getting yelled at by everybody and anybody. That's just the kind of guy. The kids were mad. I remember Pastor Bill one morning calling Paul and Tracy, and their son died in a car accident in Bedford that night at 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember Pastor Bill being aroused in this room. The family walking into church after their son had been killed in a car accident the night before, and just nobody knew what to do, and so we just came right here and just started praying. And I remember we prayed for an hour or more. I just remember the snots and the tears and just the soaking wet carpet. So this room, this building means a lot to me. It always has. It never stopped. But I had to go. I had to go or, or we wouldn't be here today this way. Right. Amen. So, so what I want to say is smart to heritage. I want to say to the guys from Heritage, to the families from Heritage, to those from Heritage who were here when I was here and who have come since then, thank you. Thank you for being faithful. See, we sang that song this morning. God has been so, so good. He's never stopped being God. He's never stopped being good. He, didn't, he always had a plan. Sometimes you have to go somewhere to get somewhere. Some of you today will have to go somewhere in your life to get to somewhere else in your life. Can I get an amen? I had to leave because I had to heal from certain things. I had to grow in certain ways. But I never lost the love for this place. Never. Like I truly believe that this is the place I've always been called to. That yeah, I was gone for 11 years, and standing over there this morning and worshiping on my face for the first time in 11 years was surreal. Because I look around and I'm like, wow, there's, there's a whole church upstairs that was never here during those days. And, and this morning I would share with you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if I had time to read the whole chapter, and I, I know if you're on Facebook this morning, good morning, how bad it sounds to not take and take 10 minutes to read through 
the whole scripture. I'm just going to paraphrase. The Apostle Paul is telling us in 2 Corinthians 5 that we walk by faith, but not by sight. Amen. See, by sight, I should be in the car running to the hospital. But it's not my first rodeo. And it's not Tracy's first rodeo. And Tracy literally said, go to church, do what you have to do. God must be doing something incredible today. Because this is the worst it's been in a while. And if you don't know, my wife gets hammered by the enemy every time. We step out into a new level. Can I get an amen? He's looking, he's looking to attack. But our God shows up every time in the midst of that. And does. But, but God. And for me to sit there this morning and listen to you say that you have been ministering and planting churches and involved in churches for 20 years and you've not seen this, man, that's some high praise. But it's not praise for me and it's not praise for John. Left to ourselves, John and I couldn't get out of a cardboard box. Amen. John would have a plan on how to get out of the cardboard box. <laughs> I would be ignoring the plan, just trying to kick at the box. Amen. And all of you would be outside the box going, would you guys just calm down and wait? We'll open the box. See, you know it's God when it's not you because... God is doing what you don't want to do, don't see to do, don't understand. See, I don't understand what God's doing, and I don't care. What I mean by that is, He can do whatever He wants. This is His church. You're His people. I possess no one. I'm in possession of no one. John, you don't have any, I don't have to tell you this, but the people who are here, they're, they're, they're free. They can do as they, they can come and go and, and do as God leads them. And, and same thing upstairs. Because it's not about John, it's not about Paul, it's about Jesus Christ. Oh, and he says, we, 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 we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to start seeing as if it was. We have to see what isn't here yet. We have to understand that the, the word said to us that, you know, if I keep walking, I'll run into it. Right? So, so if you're going to find it, you've got to be walking. You can't just say, well, God's going to do something and then stand still. See, there's the verb, yeah, I, my church knows, maybe Heritage hasn't heard this in a while. I don't know the last time somebody read the Bible, but there's a lot of these things called verbs in the Bible. And verbs, are for you, if you don't know what a verb is, it's an action word. And it's usually one of two things. It's either what God will do or what you need to do. So put off your old self and put on your new self. That's something you do. He empowers you to do it, right? He, he gives us the power to put on the new self, but we have to be what? Active. We have to be moving. We have to be taking off and putting on. And then he goes on to say, he continues and says to us, he says, that we walk because, I'm oh, sorry, he compels us. See, we walk because God compels us with his love. If you've experienced God's love this morning, how could you not be compelled to share that love this morning? How on earth could we pick up walls that we keep people out of? For far too long, our country has seen the church that has put up walls to letting people in and calling it love. But we love you. 
If we love them, we would meet with them and embrace them and help them and serve them and help, and help them grow and become all that God wants them to be. We, it, love is not, hey, I love you, figure it out. I mean, I always love that statement, right? Like, you know, get dressed up and get to church. And, you know, if you get dressed up, you can come to church. That's not how God does it. You have a dirty face. Somebody in the church tells you, go wash your face and come to, come to church. Come to meet God. God says, no, no, no. Just come to me and I'll wash your face. Just, just come to me. And so, what we get to is we get to this really cool place in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it says this, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. Amen. The old Woo. The new is here. You're sitting in the new right now. But what if we continue to look and live and act and, and behave like the old? Like that's what happens. I give my life to Christ. I've given my life to Christ a while ago, but man, I'm, I'm still living and acting and behaving like the old me. And yet the old me is gone. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And so, therefore, if you have been made new, you're a new creation. And the problem is we're too busy trying to get back to the old creation. We're always looking at the old creation. We're always looking at what happened when. What happened then. But the Bible is very clear. It says, no, no, you are a new creation. The old is gone. You've been regenerated. You've been made whole. You've been made new. Walk in it. Walking by faith is walking knowing that God is doing something in you to make you new. And if you gotta, if you don't keep walking, if you walk to the old places, how many of you have had to leave somewhere to get to the new place? How, what's that? What's that wonderful mean? You can't heal in the place that broke you. See, I couldn't stay here and heal, guys. Couldn't do it. I had to go. And because of that, I got to walk into an office in February and sit down across a person that I didn't want to sit down with in a place I didn't want to be and have him open his arms. I walked into Pastor John's office the first day and he opened his arms to me. And he hugged me and he said, I am so happy you're here. Whatever we can do, whatever this church can do, I know a little bit about the history. And we're here, our arms are open wide for you. And in a moment, healing started to happen. Because he wasn't putting up walls, he was taking them down. He was taking them down. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned for his good. That's right. And I remember the next thing that happened was really funny. He said, uh, so uh, I hear that you're a little crazy. And he said to me, he goes, I want to do crazy with you. i got to be honest, not a whole lot of people have ever wanted to do crazy with you. Now some of you had your arms twisted and we dressed up as clowns, Donna, if you're here, right? Come on, Donna, you got a clown, you got to get in the parade, man. I don't want to do clowns, Paul. Come on, Donna, Jesus wants you to get your clown suit on. Most of the people have been unwilling accomplices. 
John is one of the few willing accomplices. Let's do crazy together. And I remember I said to him, I said, yeah, I know you know what one kid that means. Right? Well, that's too much for me to handle today, John. We'll, we'll, and he, and, but something drew me back to John week after week, and I kept going back, and he kept asking me about crazy. And one day I just said, okay, you want to do crazy? Let's do crazy. Let's go upstairs and walk them up to the fellowship hall. I said, crazy is taking the walls down in this room. Amen. I said, if you take the physical walls down in this room, our church will come here. And we'll meet upstairs and you meet downstairs and we'll just see what God will do. And I remember he said, well, that's no problem. And I said, no, you don't understand. That's a problem. See, I was thinking of the old church. I was thinking of the old heritage. I was living in my old brokenness. I was living in my old man. I wasn't walking by faith. I wasn't walking in the newness of life. I wasn't walking, seeing what would come. I was walking with the history and the knowledge in a worldly way of what this place had always done and always been for me when it came to moving stuff, and fixing stuff, and taking stuff apart, and building stuff. It was like, no call, sit down. <laughs> That's what it felt like a lot of times. And he said, oh no, this is nothing. Those walls would come down. And I just kept saying, you're out of your mind, John. You said I was crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> and God just kept, God just kept doing stuff and bringing that, that showing me that that which isn't is, a, is about to be. I remember getting out of bed and running over here. I, I was like, Sean, where's my son Sean? Up there somewhere, Sean. Hey. Sean, you're out of work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah. <laughs> We gotta go measure some stuff at Heritage. Yeah. <laughs> we came over here and we started measuring things and Sean, can those walls come down? Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem? No. How big a crew? Me. <laughs> Alright, let's go talk to John. John! The walls could come down. You'll never get it through the board. But if you get the walls down, we're coming. I still have it on my voicemail. I thought about playing it this morning. But hey, Pastor Paul, it's John. Just got out of my board meeting. It's about nine o'clock at night. Hey, uh, listen, um, had the board meeting, and it's not a problem. Walls will come down. Man, I, I, I have got to myself. And then he goes I, I gotta go back to where I came from. I've gotta come back in, and they're gonna rescue us. Because we had hit the wall. We had hit the wall. And then, and then God reminded me that, you know what, behold, I do a new thing. There's a new thing that I wanna bring up here this morning. Her name is Ann. Ann, would you come up here for a minute? Yeah. I know we've had a lot of people. I know we've had a lot of people. The church this morning. And for the freedom people, it's easy because this is what we do every week. For you guys at Heritage, maybe you haven't seen this, but in the old days when I first walked into this church upstairs, you know, the first day I walked into church upstairs, 1987, the church had just merged and Douglas was here. And Fred, I, I think Fred Lodd might have been here, he's here today, and some others. And I walked into that church upstairs and we had a back row. And there were people that didn't look like everybody else. They had tattoos. They had shaved heads. They had lots of kids. <laughs> they 
may have come from the same background that we came from. And, and Ann and I have both got the same thing in common. We've been abandoned in life. We've been rejected in life. We felt that emptiness. And I used to sit in the back row, Ann, I told you this. The back row would create that heritage. And, and then I slowly started moving up to the front row. What I love about Ann is she didn't wait for the back row. She just came in and she just sat sitting in the front row of church. Amen. And, and she called me and she said, Pastor, she said, I know, it's a, I know this is probably not the week, but I have to give some glory to God. And I was like, yeah, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, give God some glory. Because, see, the church needs to remember the glory of God. The church needs to hear the stories of what God is doing. The church needs to see in order to believe sometimes. See, we're trying to walk by faith, but God needs to give us something here and there just so we can say, oh, I can touch it. I can feel it, right? Like, when you can touch it and feel it, it starts to, oh, the next person can touch it and it starts to grow. And God wants all of us to grow today. Everyone in this room. And so it has a testimony that she wants to share with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hold because I can't see because I'm blind. Um, so I've been uh, wrestling with myself. I've wanted to give glory to God since last week um, for so many things, right? Have you ever just felt like you were going to explode because there's so many things in your life that you can see God working through, right? Uh, when I first came to this church, I I was probably like the number one warrior for Satan, I think, maybe. Like, I just, I was filled with this darkness, right? And like, I couldn't get rid of it because Paul's right. I, um, though some of you who know me from Freedom know, like, a little bit about my story, right? Like, my story is nothing. Somebody asked me last night, um, you know, when you were born, do you ever remember being happy? And I swear to you that I looked him dead in the face and I said, I was born in pain. I was born detoxing off numerous drugs. My earliest memory is being abused, abandoned, and so on and so forth. They continued all the way up until I walked into Freedom Church. Mm. Um, my So when I first got to Freedom Church, I would meet with this man, Steve O'Connell. Some of you know him. Um, let's give him some praise real quick because he's a fan I used to run. 
hope, on the chance that maybe if he knocks on my door someday, my eyes will be clear and I can answer the many questions I know he'll have because I know what it's like to be an abandoned kid. Some of you are ever in a church last week, right? Who saw my son get up on stage and start singing praise to God, right? the twins went to their aunt 
We didn't think they were going to go to, who loves them unconditionally. And the little girl went to her father, who will take very good care of her. So the reason I say this is, you're probably sitting there like, well, what kind of glory is that, right? But here's the thing, those little girls are safe, they're happy, they're healthy, they will survive that, they will know love, and I know that, and that's glory. Because I know that they'll be loved, right? God is so good. God is so good. We had waited an hour longer. Those little girls could have been dead. There's so many things that could have happened in most of my life. I would have only sought darkness. I would have only seen the evil in the world. But because of this church and the people in it and the things that they've taught me and, and the things that I've learned about God in my life, I know that those children will be loved no matter what. No matter what, because God loves them, right? And He will protect them because God works all things together in the world, right? I also want to say just real quick that same night, my son knocked on my door with flowers for me. Because He knew, like, Mom had a hard day, and we are such a broken family, and we are just being sown back together through so much chaos and darkness. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. God is good all the time. God is intertwined in everything. God runs through every aspect of our life. This is the same shelter that this church, back 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago, was ministering to, the Katana Shelter. We had to be a blessing ministry at Heritage. And one of the places we were blessing was the shelter. And now all of a sudden, 11 years later, some girl walks into our church and God says, I need to put you over there again. I need to take you back. I need to put you in that place for this moment. In time. If you don't think God has every aspect of your life laid out, every thread connected, you're just not paying attention. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna close up because I know I'll be here all day. Of course, you know, I get plenty of food. Maybe I'd stay away. But I have to get to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. There's there's two last things I want to say. So all week long, I've been like, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you really want to say? Yeah, I know Corinthians is, is what you're talking about. But what do you really want to say? Because it's much to say something. He said, you know, individually, you're a new creation. But I recreate my church regularly. What? I recreate my church regularly. And I was like, well, I'm going to need some scripture to back that up, Lord. Serious. Like, you can't just hear stuff from God and say, oh, God said it to me. He will never say anything that he hasn't said here first. That'll preach. Thank you, Mike. It will preach, Mike. Save somebody. If you're not hearing it, and this isn't confirming it, you're not hearing it. There's a lot of voices out there. Sound good. We should do this. You know the best advice I got as a young minister was from Moses? That's right, Moses. I said, yo, pastor, I'm going to do this church thing. He goes, Paul, let me give you some advice. And I'm like, well, when have you not? And leave me out of darkness for 10, 12 years, dude. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to come into your office. I don't have an office built. Never going to have an office built. 
would have his office. You're going to have a lot of people going to come into your office and walk up to your desk and they're going to say, Pastor, the church should do this. We should do this. This would be something great to do. And I'm like, right, I'm hoping for that. He goes, here's your answer to the question. I said, I didn't know there was a question. Oh, there's a question. When would you like to start? Excuse me? If they're not willing to do it, then it's not coming from the Spirit. And it might just be something to take you off track. And so when people come to me with great ideas, and they're not ready to do it, they're not ready to invest their life, they're not ready to put themselves in it, I say, thank you very much, that's a wonderful suggestion. And then I open the drawer of the desk, and I put it in it, and I close the drawer. And I keep it on file in case somebody else comes and says, I have this idea. I'm like, oh, it looks like this idea. Maybe you should, maybe off you go. See, what we have to be careful, church, especially those of you that have been around a while. Can I speak to people who are my age and up? <laughs> Another country heard from. <laughs> I can tell you what he'll say next. No. So, here's, here's what I would say this morning. I, I said, God, I want to recreate your church. New creation, all things have passed away. Okay, show me that in the Word. I will, Paul. Zechariah 4.10. In the book of Haggai, Paul. Remember, I had them rebuild the temple. But it wasn't to, to seem to be as glorious. See, what, what, what Zechariah 4.10 says, is it says that they laid the cornerstone, but it wasn't as big as the original temple. The, the people that had seen the original temple, they were disappointed because it didn't, Seemed to be as big. It didn't seem to. And, 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 the, and, the, and Zechariah says, "Do not, do not despise small beginnings." Today is a small beginning. Like it seems big. I've seen more people in this room. I sung and danced to more people in this room. I watched a lot of stuff happen in this room. And it would be really easy to sit here today and say, you know what? We gotta break the band back together. We need to bring the band back together. We need to redo what we did. We gotta get the temple to look like it used to look. I have news for you, church. Never it's not what God is doing. He's making all things new. He's using the same stuff. See, when you died in Christ, he regenerated you anew with the same material. You're walking in the same body. You have a lot of the same stuff. But he's making it new. And so while we have pews and we have chairs and we have bands and we have music, we cannot expect that the old church, John, is going gonna, is gonna to be what the new church looks like. See, the new church doesn't have walls. The new church doesn't have the New England us for and no more. The New England church is not what God is trying to do. He's trying to take the walls down and get churches to serve one another. The glory of the new temple is just as glorious, maybe more so, than the glory of the old temple. But we tend to want to go back. We tend to want to go back. The Bible says we return to our vomit. We, the pig who's washed clean goes back to roll in the mud right after it's been washed. 
Any of you that have a Labrador know exactly what we're talking about. And so we have to go forward, church. Can I, can I get a witness? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And we have to go forward believing that God is about to do something we can't see. But he's going to do it. And all we have to do is stay out of his way. Let him have his way. Let him do what he wants to do. Can I get the worship team to come back? We're going to sing a song before we close. We're going to see a victory, guys. We have to believe that even more victory is coming. This isn't the end. This is the beginning. See, the Bible says that every morning, His mercies are new. In other words, every morning, God begins again. Every morning, God starts again. Every every single morning, God gets up and says, what are we going to do today? And the only question we need to ask is, God, what are we going to do today? Not what am I going to do today. Not what is John going to do today. Not what is somebody else. What are you going to do today, God? And how can I what? Get on that road. Walk along that path. The last scripture that I wanted to share this morning, I am going to read. And it's from Isaiah. This is the last sermon I preached at our old building. The last sermon I preached at the old building. I think I sing a different song. And it says this. It says that... Where is it? It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me. The jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness, the streams in the wasteland, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Don't miss this today. You have to leave the past behind you. I'm leaving my past behind me. Every day, I leave yesterday behind. If I focus on yesterday, I won't live today. And I I know God's doing something in the future, but I don't know what it is, so I can't live there either. So I live right in the now. Right this second, this moment, this minute. Because there was another thing that Bill said to me a long time ago. Paul, I love that you enjoy the journey. You're not worried about the destination. See, my destination is assured. I'm going to heaven. You can think I'm crazy. That's fine. Most people do. But I'm going to be in heaven one day with my Jesus. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I don't even know if my wife is alive right now. And if she's not, she beat me there. She'll be with him. But see, that's it's not about Tracy. It's not about me. It's not about my family. It's not about it's about what he is doing to reach those who don't know him yet. See, there's a lot of people in this room, and you're good. The people in this room are good, right? If you've made a commitment to Christ, if Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're good. Heaven's assured. Can I get an amen, John? But what we're worried about this morning is those that are not yet there. Those who are coming. See, the wild animals of freedom, we're giving praise for you. We're giving praise for you, Howard. You rescued us. The wild animals, because that's who we are. We're what? But God, but God is 
making us what? To get praise. He's shaping us. He's changing us. He's, he, he's doing a work in us that we don't even realize he's doing. So we can proclaim who he is. And so we have to see that victory. We have to understand the goodness of God. And sometimes you have to move. And I don't know when the last time this altar was flooded with people. Like I remember 11 years ago that it would flood with people. I remember for 20 years prior to 11 years ago, this altar would flood with people. I see some heads shaking. Yeah, there used to be 50, 60, 70 people up front. Praising God, praying for one another, worshiping Him together. I encourage you today that if the God of my God, your God, is moving in you to get out of your seats and get to the altar, just get to the altar. Let Him do what He's going to do. Give Him some praise. Give Him some glory. Certainly we have good enough singers, like not the best singers, right? No, no. They, they're the best singers. They're, not the, they're the best singers because they're worshiping God. That was, that was glorious this morning. That was powerful. Like, like, it's not about the best voice. It's not about the best note. God said, make a joyful noise. He didn't say make a perfectly in tune, joyful noise. He said, sing from your heart, worship with all of you. And that's what makes them the best. Because they're worshiping from deep in here. When this is over, we'll go outside and we'll eat. The food should be ready, should be ready to go. But I'm, I'm really begging you. You know, you know how often Paul says, I beg you? Paul writes, I beg you, I beseech you, I beg you, I beseech you. I beg you, I beseech you. Worship God today. In the next five, ten minutes, just worship Him with everything within you. Don't worry about this afternoon. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worship Him right now with all your heart. Cause a guy knows who's only to tie up. I will never fail. No, I will never
<laughs> but it's okay. I think the pigs uh, already missed his blessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be his blessing. It all works together really good, though, right? So, you know. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this chance that we've had to come here in this place and to worship you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you do. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise this morning. And we, Lord, I pray that you would be with us as we fellowship, Lord, outside, as we hang out together, as we eat. And we pray that you would bless the hands of the parent and every person that was involved in it. And Lord, we thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your love for us today and your goodness for us. In Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen. Who is out back? Just in case you're here. And as we said, Yeah, I'll, uh, well, so what happens is 